a lot of us spend money trying to impress people we don't like. <laughs> and, and, and then at the end of the day, nobody's happy. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, uh, I'm excited to have Bob Wheeler on the show. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Todd. Happy to be here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, Bob helps people conquer their money shame and avoid making poor financial decisions, which I think we all have uh, been guilty of. Uh, he does this by teaching how emotions can dictate our choices. And his greatest wish is to share this with, with you. And, uh, you know, he's been doing this for, for 30 years, helping his clients really, uh, he's distilled a, a warmth, a ton of humor into it, information, and, and really, uh, just of how you can deal with any of your financial concerns. So excited to have you on, uh, you're currently the CFO for the world famous comedy store. So that's kind of cool as well. So Bob, why don't, why don't you just give our listeners a bit more about your background, what you got going on today, and then we'll dive into uh, to some of the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a CPA practice. I work with entrepreneurs, small businesses, uh, have about 1200 clients. And I also am the CFO of the world famous comedy store, which has been awesome. And I also, I do workshops and I work with people around money and emotions. Uh, so originally I was actually going to be a lawyer. That was my goal when I was a kid, wanted to be a lawyer, got to college, taken all the law classes, took accounting just to help my grade point average, which everybody I think does. Right. And then um, I uh, met a few lawyers and I thought, mm, maybe I don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> uh, and I actually just, I liked the, for me, in my own background, the, the safety of numbers, two plus two is always four. And if it's not, something's wrong. Yeah. So I liked that safety of a very closed system. Uh, and so I got it. I started working in accounting, started working with clients, uh, started realizing that people were making very non-practical decisions, not following very practical advice. And a lot of my tax appointments turned into therapy sessions. At the same time, I was working with a lot of creative folks, realizing they had a lot of shame around money. They were doing a lot of, you know, I got to look like this, or I wish I could be them. And at the same time, looking at my own personal history, I had a great education. I had some really great opportunities that were given to me. And I was also trying to pose as having it all together when in fact my own history was I didn't have the tools. I had my own internal shame, but I had to keep that a secret as well. And so I started to really just decide that uh, after hearing other people tell me how much they felt alone and how isolated they felt and how they were the only ones that didn't get the financial download, I made it a mission to start having conversations about money to really let people know, hey, you're not alone. A lot of people make mistakes. You're probably doing it wrong if you're not admitting that you're making mistakes. And I made a whole lot of mistakes too. And we can all learn and, 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 and pick it up from here. So that's really been my mission. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's, there's a lot of, a lot of listeners here that, 
you know, I mean, my, my listener base is, is a lot of real estate investors, a lot of business owners. So people who are not just sitting on the couch, eating a bag of chips, watching TV and, and hoping that their money somehow will grow magically while right. they do all that, right? They're, they're out there, they're doing things, they're working hard, they're, they're making sound de- decisions. Um, but at the same time, I would say a lot of them likely struggle as well with, um, with making sound financial decisions or maybe even struggle with just like, where do I do, do, should I spend my money on this? Do I do this? And there's always that, like, at least for me, there's always that poll, like, okay, I want to go and do this and experience you, you hear some people, Oh, you got to experience life. You know, you got to do all this. Just like the people that uh, say, well, you know, you don't want to suppress yourself. So you got to eat the cookie and ice cream. Well, what, what do we, there's always that kind of that fine line in that. Okay. Do I spend my money now? Do I save it? Like, do I wait until, you know, I'm older and I can compound some interest. Like there's, there's always that push in the pole. So I think it's a really interesting topic to be talking about how do you deal with some of those kind of emotions of, you know, the world's telling you all these different things, right? Save your money. Don't spend it, save it for a rainy day, uh, save it, you know, and, and compound your interest. And now the other half is saying, spend it now while you're young, you know, go, go do things, get the things you want. You know, you deserve it. Uh, I've heard right. that. I've heard that so many times by people. Oh, just go do it, man. You deserve it. You've made a lot of money. You deserve to do that. How do you deal with these like push and pull emotions that are going on? Well, you know, it is definitely a balance. And, you know, I think the big thing is live within your means. That's a good starting point. Yeah. Uh, and I think what happens is people are living beyond their means going, no, I got to have it. I deserve it. Uh, even though I haven't fully worked for it, I haven't paid off those loans, but I deserve it. Yeah. It, it, it definitely is a balance. I have clients that have two, $3 million of liquid assets in their eighties, won't spend a dime just because something might happen. Like, dude, spend your money, spend some money remodel the house, right? Take a vacation. No, no, no. You never know. You never know. So it can be such a scarcity mindset that they're denying themselves some basics, some basic pleasures. Um, And then there are other people out there that are stressing themselves out because they're spending way beyond their means, uh, paying this credit card, borrowing from that credit card to pay the other credit card and and hoping that it all, that the house of card, you know, house of cards doesn't come down. What for me, when I'm talking to people about their spending and we talk about budgets, which a lot of people cringe at, but I love budgets and, and what they provide is, am I living in a way that's in integrity with what I say, what I want my life goals to be. Uh-huh. So if I want to leave a legacy, if yeah. I'm wanting to buy real estate, if I'm wanting to travel, whatever those things are, is what I'm doing today, eating that cookie, buying that extra coffee, getting the scone, whatever those little things are, are they serving? Are they serving what I say is my, my bigger purpose? That's yeah, that's a great point. And I'll go back to the cookie thing. That's, that's something that a decision I made a long time ago is uh, I, 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 you know, found myself eating unhealthy. And of course this doesn't directly deal with money, but it kind of does. Right. So I found myself eating unhealthy and I said, you know what, I got to make these decisions because is it serving my body? Right. Is 
eating that cookie or eating that ice cream actually truly serving my body? And is it there for a purpose? And the same thing can be said about money, right? It yeah. is me spending this today actually serving me the proper way and serving the goal that I set out or goals that I set out. It's like you said, like if you want to make an impact and want to contribute is, is going on that extra vacation serving you or is it taking away from your goals? And maybe the answer is, well, yeah, sure. It's serving me because I, I do want that vacation and I do, that's part of what I want, but maybe it's not. Right. So I, yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's just important to find the balance for you and being true to yourself. It doesn't yeah. mean that my answer is the same as your answer. It's yeah. the same as the person next to us. Right. We have to actually do a little soul searching and actually know what we want. Oh, that's so important. Right. That that's was like everything. It, like we all, we get so caught up in this like social media world of like, Oh, he's doing that. I want to do that. Like I have to be just like them. I got to yeah. do exactly. They said that they, they, you know, love to travel. Oh yeah. I, I'm, I must love to travel. Right. <laughs> they yeah. said they love to buy sports cars. Oh, I have to buy a sports car. No. Like for me, like, yeah, I kind of want a Corvette, but I'm not, I don't want a Lamborghini. I don't want a Ferrari. I don't want a Bugatti. Like I don't need that stuff. Like I don't want it. But if I get caught up in somebody else's dreams, that's what I'm buying. Absolutely. And then are you doing it for yourself or doing it for other people? And, and a lot of us spend money trying to impress people we don't like. Mm. <laughs> and, and, and then at the end of the day, nobody's happy. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, so you, you know, you, you believe that um, people need help with their financial um, decision-making emotions, uh, financial therapy, kind of dive into that. Why, why is that important? What, what do you think that can help with? Well, so what I've discovered and in my experience is that even my clients that are super successful, financial planners, lawyers, entrepreneurs, they still have these unconscious beliefs that are, that are driving their decision-making. And so, you know, I've had clients that are super successful, have an opportunity to pivot and not doing it because mom and dad will be disappointed. Uh, my friends will judge me. Uh, I know people that live in, you know, very high uh, net worth uh, friends and they're out of a job and they're borrowing $100,000 to stay in the country club. So nobody yeah. knows that they aren't part of the team. And, and so starting to just look at all that and say, wait a minute, how does this serve me? Is it nourishing my soul? Is it nourishing my financial goals, my legacy? And, and so to start to actually realize Oh, it's not true that I'm broke. I have so many wealthy clients that go, I'm broke. I'm so broke. I'm so broke. You just flew to Paris. You got five cars. You got six properties. You might be cash flow negative in the moment, but I don't think you're poor. Yeah. And, and so to change these stories of like, somehow we, sometimes we like to play the victim of how, oh, our life is so hard. And a lot of us have life pretty good. Like, I have no complaints. I've traveled around the world. I've seen how a lot of people live. I am really fortunate. You know, yeah. am, am I Bill Gates? Not yet, but, uh, but I'm doing all right. 
and I'm alive and breathing. So coming from that place for me of gratitude is really an important piece too, instead of I've just got to get the next uh, golden ring. And I think a lot of people, I know I was socialized that for the longest time that I am my accomplishments. And so for me, I had to get to the next accomplishment and then I couldn't even enjoy it because I got to get to the next one because I'm only as good as my last accomplishment. And, and to be able to sort of relax into, I don't need to hit all the marks to be this perfect human being. I, just how am I going to show up and am I going to do it with integrity? Yeah, that's that's so valuable right there. It, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in, uh, in, all, in all of it and, and thinking, you know, we're always, I, I think, driven people, which the people listening to this podcast, that's what they are. We want to continue to achieve more, right? We we get some get one goal and we very quickly have a new goal. It's not we don't sit there we and celebrate. We right. have another goal and we're always moving. And that can sometimes uh, if you if you don't have that gratitude, uh, like you mentioned, and if you don't understand really where you're at versus you know uh you, you thinking oh i i i'm poor or i don't have oh, i'm living this you know this kind of different life but as you mentioned traveling around the world that's opened my eyes like a lot of traveling that we've done we've got, i've gone into a lot of different areas it's like oh my goodness you know and and, and just the other day uh i heard this and i had to look it up of course um and i can't i'm going to mess up the dollar amount but you are in the top 8% of wealth in the entire world if you've got more than $15 in your bank account. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Thought of that. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, and so then I had to look up what, what's the top 1% in the US. And, and it's like, wow, you know, it's just mind, mind boggling when you start to look at those numbers and then, and then you go, wait a second, you're calling yourself you know, poor, or you're saying you don't have any money. <laughs> Wait right. a second, hold back a little bit. I've got this CPA friend in, um, I live in a fairly affluent uh, suburb, but there's a suburb uh, right next to mine that's very affluent. And, uh, you know, he kind of mentioned uh, something similar to what you said. There, there, a lot of people that are making a lot of money, they're making five, six hundred, seven hundred thousand $700,000 a year, um, but they're spending all of it plus more. And they're part of the country club, but they've probably got a uh, line of credit on their house just to become a part of the country club. Yeah. They're doing those types of things um, just to keep up with everybody else. How do you, like if you're in that kind of situation or you're, you're heading towards that situation, how do you reverse course? What do you, what do you, like, what do you, I'm sure you've dealt with plenty of people like that. What do, what do, what's that conversation look like? So that conversation uh, actually comes from, I'm an accountant, so it's, uh, it's a cost benefit analysis, right? And I'm going to say, what's it costing you emotionally? What's it costing you and your relationship with your family? Um, and what are the benefits? And is it really serving you? Because we start to tell ourselves the story, oh, if I do this and I do this, um, then I, everybody's going to think I'm amazing, but at the expense of a relationship, at the expense of children, at the expense of, of things that actually we say that matter, and then we get, we get lost in the shuffle. So for me, it's sitting down with people and saying, what's the benefit here? What are you getting out of this? 
And is it really, really serving you? Maybe immediately. And, and then if, if, if you did it differently, what are you going to have to feel? The uncomfortableness of saying no, um, setting a strong boundary, saying those aren't my values and my priorities. Uh, people might judge you. And, and then, and can we deal with that? And are we able to have difficult conversations and stay and stay true to ourselves? Yep. Yep. That's, that's good stuff. I'm excited to tell you that the North Star Real Estate Conference is going to be this May 2nd and 3rd in the Twin Cities. We're going to have amazing speakers there who will add great value to you. But the real value is in the networking where you can meet potential partners, learn about deals, and make some real money. Our three pillars are connect, learn, and succeed because that's what you're going to do. So sign up today at northstarunlimited.live and use coupon code EARLYBIRD for $100 off your ticket. What else on emotions or just, uh, you know, what else are you seeing out there? What else can, can help our listeners, um, that are maybe either struggling or, or, or just on their, on their journey, um, or, you know, are, are starting to make a lot of money. Um, what, what can you say to them? Well, you know, I would say out there right now, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. And so whether you're starting to make a lot of money, that might be scary because a lot of us have a comfort level of, I don't want more than $10,000 in my bank account, or I just don't want to be overdrawn or whatever that number is. And then we get a bunch of money and we get right back to that comfort level. We get rid of all the money that's, that's more than enough to get back to that comfort level. Um, or it might be, well, I, gee, I want to jump into the stock market, but it's crazy right now. When do I do it? When do I wait? You know, or uh, even a mutual fund. I'm looking at some of my mutual fund. Ah, it's a little painful right now. They, they dipped in a way that I have to just not be immediately connected to my emotions. I just have to say, yeah, eh, stock the market wave, just went through wave. a crazy little, uh, <laughs> little time, you know, cryptocurrency uh, is going through a, a lovely time right now. Inflation is through the roof. Like, how do you deal with that? Like right now people are worried about inflation. Like what the, the, those are, there's a lot of emotions happening right now. There are, and there's, what's interesting is, uh, Right as the pandemic started to happen, a lot of my clients called me because they're all entrepreneurs. Mm. We're going to go under. We're yeah. going to fail. This is gonna, I was worried. It, it was uh, every phone call was like in tears and all of this. I said, just curb your spending. Take a look at what you need to do. Uh, you know, be really careful about extra funds. Start eating in. What's interesting is a year and a half later, people are telling me I have more money in the bank than I've ever had. Ever had. Uh, yep. I. I've saved $50,000 in, in meals because I'm not eating out. The st what was amazing was how many people were surprised at how resilient they were. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. What I think is interesting, though, is that conversation happened when things got really rough. It that didn't necessarily happen prior to it. A lot of us... It, wait until things get really bad to make right. corrections. Right. Well, that's when it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's when it's uncomfortable. How do we get comfortable making decisions prior to uh, the storm? Well, so for me, it's about actually getting really clear, writing out what my goals are, where mm -hmm. I want to be, what I want my budget to be, and then just keep checking in with that. So that when I start to see, oh, I've been overspending a little bit, I've just been buying one cookie too many, uh, maybe I just need to cut out the cookies instead of waiting till I'm buying the whole bag. Yeah. And, and, and so that's hard for some people, people don't want to look at it. But the more that we can sit down, whether it's, you know, every night, once a week, 
at least once a month to sit down and say, wait a minute, how much money came in? How much money went out? Where can I course correct? Instead mm -hmm. of waiting till the end of the year. You know, I work with a lot of uh, clients who, had the, and we're always planning everything in November so that when we get to March and April the next year, there are no surprises. But I have a few clients, they'll make a couple million dollars and then we play surprise party when it comes to taxes because they've done absolutely no looking at any of their numbers. It completely baffles me. And every year I say, could we please have a conversation in November? We could have done this. I could have saved you this. Oh, yeah, I will. Next time I'll do better. A Next lot of us want to keep our head in the sand. And the more you can pull your head out, look at the numbers, the easier it is to course correct before it gets dramatic. You know, we're we're overwhelmed a lot of times as business owners or busy professionals trying to hack an extra business, whatever it might be. So we've got a lot going on, Bob, yeah. and we don't want to think about it, right? We don't want to take the time. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and I'm, I'll put myself in that boat as well. We don't want to take the time out of our day because we're busy making the money. So yeah. we don't want to take the time out of our day to, um, to really dive in and look at it, but that's where you come in, right? Yeah. That's where you can come in and go, Hey, you don't have to spend all this time. I'll look at the numbers, right? right? You can hire bookkeepers. Uh, mm -hmm. You can hire people that'll look at the numbers and then you just need to take a little bit of time and review it and have a conversation. Absolutely. And we do a lot of that for people we're, we're doing most of the heavy lifting and, and, and then we're just saying, Hey, here's where you, like pay attention to this piece. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to help you out. Um, and the other thing is, you know, we all do, we get overwhelmed. We're busy. I get up at, uh, I typically um, up at five 30 quarter six and I'm starting my day because I can get a lot done between five 30 and eight 30. I've done my workout. I've done a little meditating. I've walked my dog. I've read a book and I don't read the whole book, but I'm reading, I'm reading. Right, I'm right. like, I've got all my little budgeted times that, like if I don't get that and it's eight o'clock or eight 30, I'm like, Oh my God, I've just lost three hours of my day. And I like, I want to maximize. And a lot of people, yeah, it's nice to sleep in. Yeah. It's fun to, eh, I'll do it tomorrow, but you have to, you have to create that habit of being a little more disciplined just a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Procrastination, man, kills all dreams very quickly. So yeah, for sure. Um, let's have a little fun. You, you've, uh, so you got this, uh, the world famous comedy store. What, what is that? And what, and like that has nothing to do with, or does it maybe, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, well, you know, like all accountants, I, I also love doing stand up comedy. Okay. And yeah. uh, so I, I can imagine all of them love stand up comedy. Yeah. They all, everybody, everybody right. wants to do stand up. Yeah. Uh, well, what happened was I was actually doing a show at the comedy store. All my friends were comics. I was doing the accounting, but I was also my side hustle doing stand-up. And the comedy store was having some struggles. They hadn't paid their payroll taxes. They had about $100,000. IRS was getting a little annoyed. And yeah. they were just in a, in a bit of a mess. And uh, one of my friends had told Mitzi, hey, Bob's a CPA, which I was always trying to keep secret. You know, I'm like, no, 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 I'm a no, 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 don't. Don't, don't I'm a comedian. Think I'm, what do you mean? I'm, yeah, I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'm, I'm poor and unemployed. And uh, so she called me up. She's like, Bob, you got to come help us out. We're in trouble. And the comedy store is just, 
you know, Robin Williams, Bob Saget, Whoopi Goldberg, Roseanne, like Jim Carrey, Jay Leno, like there's so many people that came out of there. And so I felt like I had an obligation uh, yeah. because I was put in this spot and, and I was running a show. My friends were comics. It's to me the best, you know, comedy club in, in town. And so I started helping out and, uh, and she really trusted me. And it was, you know, she had a lot of people, everybody trying to get to her, give her bad advice, good advice, just to get a foot in the door. And we just had a great relationship. And, uh, you know, 25 years later, here I am still uh, at the club. And, and, and it's a lot of fun. I get to meet a lot of fun people. I do not want to be a comic out on the road. I love people. I love making people laugh. But I'm, you know, I want to be in bed by 1030. <laughs> and uh, so I get up at 530. Um, but I do love being in that creative world. For me, I have to have the balance of left yeah. and right brain. And, yeah. um, and the comedy store has just been an amazing place for me. It, it probably gives you a little bit of uh, reprieve from the uh, just the the very concrete world of accounting, right? Um, yeah. So a lot different. So I got to, uh, so my follow-up question is, is the, it, are they still in the red? No, we, uh, great job. <laughs> we, <laughs> great job. You know, uh, we used uh, to laugh. If 25 years of in the red, you would have said, yes, I would have said, okay, they need to get you out of we, that, that position. <laughs> we're in a much, much better position, but right. you know, I, I probably eight or nine years ago, uh, and, uh, the owner's son, who's now the owner, used to get mad at me because my budget, I had a budget called Death March. And it was like how many months we could go before we had to shut the doors and mm. sell off all the assets. And we would always, oh, we, we got four more months. We got eight more months. And uh, that was a painful period. But uh, thankfully, uh, the world has been good to us and uh, the world needs comedy. So yeah, glad absolutely. that we're glad we're here. That's great. That's great. Well, that's fun. Um, you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which is really cool. I want to do that one, one day here. Um, uh, maybe, maybe not too far into the future. Um, you also, uh, ascended to Mount Everest base camp. Yeah. What made you want to do those? And then I want to dive into, cause you went to Mount Everest base camp, but it sounds like you didn't get to the peak. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that journey and yeah, just let's, let's, let's have some fun. Yeah. You know, well, the first Kilimanjaro was the first mountain that I did. And I sort of did it because uh, a friend of mine said, Hey, you got, you got to go with me to Africa, but mm. I'm always practical. So I had to make sure that I ran a half marathon and climbed a mountain so that I got my money's worth on my vacation. Right. Well, naturally. Just, what else? You can't you just lay by the beach, uh, yeah. you know, maybe for a day. And so Kilimanjaro was really great because climbing a mountain is actually a lot more mental um, because a lot of mountains, unless you're doing the top of, of Mount Everest, you're, it's really extreme hiking, right? You're yeah. not repelling and all that kind of stuff, but it's a mental game. Um, the air is thin uh, as you get higher, uh, your brain starts to fog up. Uh, and it's really about, for me, baby steps. And that's something that I really learned. And I use that in a lot of my uh, examples when I'm doing money workshops, it's baby steps. You got to like just one step, then the next step, then the next step. And yeah. Cause you, you didn't climb that mountain in a day. You, you did not. Yeah. You, you didn't just get up there in three hours. Yeah. It's um, you know, so that was like, that was my first. And then base camp seemed like a really good, uh, 
place to go. Um, originally, I was going to run a marathon there too, but that I decided like, okay, calm down. Um, the so reason- did you did you go? Was that the goal? Was to get to base camp, or was the yeah. goal to get all the way up? The goal was base camp, and yeah, the there's a couple reasons. Camp. Practical reasons. It costs about a hundred thousand uh, oh, wow. dollars to go beyond base camp. Uh, permits. You've got to have. You've got to have the Sherpas and. Once you get to base camp, you have to actually stay there to acclimate. And then you're crossing, you're going up to, to camp one, and then you're back, and then you're camp two, and you're, you're back and forth. And the after you leave base camp to go to the next camp, that's where you have to cross the big crevasse with the thousands of feet to your death on a ladder that's tied across with another ladder. And I was like, you know, I'm good at base camp. I don't want to spend the hundred thousand and I don't really want to cross <laughs> a large crevice with, uh, with two t- ladders tied together. It yeah, just yeah. wasn't my cup of tea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Know so your limits. You, uh, know your limits. Yeah. But that, I mean, still a big accomplishments, right? I mean, not, not, yeah. not, there's not many, there's in all, there's not many people that have climbed Kilimanjaro. Um, and there's not many people that have gone to base camp. So, so really cool. And I love the baby steps, uh, you know, uh, analogy, obviously you got to get up the mountain. It's going to take you a long time. It's going to be baby steps. Um, and that's the same thing with your financial future. That's the same thing with anything you want to accomplish. You just take these little steps and, and that's going to get you there. So many people want to do it overnight. They want to become amazing tomorrow and, And then they fail to even get started today. Yeah. Right. Just get started. Just take a little step today. If you can get 1% better, what, half a percent better today, that's, that's starts your journey, right? Absolutely. And, and I think when we focus on the end, the end, instead of the moment of the mm. journey, we get yeah. overwhelmed and lost. And that's what happens with people. When I ran my first marathon, I ran 32 one kilometer races. I did not, you know, if I had looked at it and said, Oh my God, I've got to run 29 more. Or I just said, you know what? I'm going to run a kilometer and see where I am. I'm going to run another kilometer. I'm going to see where I am. And, and otherwise I couldn't have gotten through it because mentally it was freaking me out. Uh, So it's just digestible bites for me is, is the way that I get through things. That's great. I I love that advice. I mean, that's this, you know, look, it, it, yeah, like, well, like, like I said, I mean, it, it, if you're going to try to conquer something and you think you're going to do it, it's going to happen overnight. So many, and you hear these stories and that that's, you know, the, the, these podcasts and social media, it's, it's a blessing, right? It's, it helps you learn a lot. You can be motivated by it, but you can also be super distracted by it. And you can also get really jealous about it and think these other people that are talking got it these, this success overnight and didn't have any failures along the way. Right. And that's so important to understand. Absolutely. It's, if you don't move forward, you're not going to have anything, but if you don't move forward, you're probably not going to fail either. Uh, you're going to make mistakes. I mean, I guess not moving is a way of saying you failed. It just, it's a way of not actually having what you want. If you just stay immobile. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Bob, a couple last questions. Um, What's a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners? Not, not your own. Power of Focus. Power of Focus. I like, that's a great book. It's a great book. book. I love it. Um, What, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? 
for me, it's experiences, which includes relationships and travel, uh, education, which self-improvement, it doesn't necessarily mean college. And the third one, it would be uh, building assets, real estate, investing, stock market, all that good stuff. Love it. Love it. Bob, how do you like to give back? So I like to do volunteer work. Uh, I actually, a couple of years ago, went and uh, volunteered at a rhino sanctuary and hmm. uh, in Africa and spent three weeks there just shoveling uh, rhino poop and uh, digging ditches and, and just helping in a way that I could. I also uh, financially give um, to causes that I believe in. And uh, yeah, I think showing up and doing the work, though, as a volunteer is super important. I've always believed that community service and giving back is incredibly important to pay it forward. And you've got a, a book called uh, The Money Nerve, right? That's The Money Nerve. Yeah, where Navigating. can people find that? Yeah, that's, um, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on our website, The Money Nerve, not nerd. I'm a money nerd, but it's themoneynerve.com. Um, and we also have a podcast, Money You Should Ask, where we do have successful people talking about their failures and uh, their successes um, so that people can see that at the end of the day, we all bleed red. <laughs> love it, love it. So money, money, you should ask and the money nerve, um, go check that out listeners and Bob, how else can our listeners get in touch with you? Learn more about what you got going on. Um, I mean, the website's a great place. We're on Instagram, Facebook, there's a Facebook community. Uh, you can reach out to me at info at the And we do, uh, reach back out to people and, and love connecting with folks that are, that are struggling or just, uh, want to have a conversation around money. Yeah. Awesome. And the website, that's uh, themoneynerve.com. Is that correct? That's right. It also has my CPA firm. Uh, we've got a team of 15 people and uh, we do a lot of international accounting and we work with uh, a lot of different amazing people and um, it's, it's all on the website. Awesome. Well, Bob, look, I, I really appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot for adding a ton of value to our listeners. Thanks for showing up and, uh, and really just, man, it's a big topic and it's so uh, important and so easy to get lost in the weeds in this topic. So, you know, it's, it's great having you on really just helping our listeners. And, and I would suggest that they go listen to your podcast and also uh, grab that book. So appreciate it. You have a fantastic rest of the day. Well, Todd, you do the same. And thanks again for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. 
and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.